Polygamy evokes various responses in different people. And one LDS lady said it makes her want to vomit. We're going to talk about that in part two next on Polygamy. What love is this? This is part two of our review of a blog authored by an LDS woman. She entitled her blog, I am LDS and the polygamy makes me want to vomit and the link is on the screen. Now, this is part two. We covered most of her comments yeah. in part one and of course added our own observations as we worked through what she thought about Joseph Smith's polygamy, her polygamous ancestors and contemporary polygamy. She subtitled her blog saying how you can believe Joseph Smith was a prophet without understanding polygamy, which we noted seemed to be a statement that was designed to prepare people for indoctrination. We ended last time digging through one of her statements about how she feels Joseph Smith was so great. So we want to quote that statement again and finish up our thoughts about what she said. They say Joseph Smith had up to 30 wives. My first reaction is to is vomit. But then I slap myself and say, but Joseph Smith was not Warren Jeffs. I read the Book of Mormon and I feel it. I feel that it is true. Joseph Smith did that. I read the account of the first vision and my soul is stunned. That was Joseph Smith. I go to the temple and I feel the presence of God. Joseph Smith did that. And I may have never met Joseph Smith, but I kind of know him. I've seen what has come from him. Okay, so she said um, that the Book of Mormon and Joseph Smith's vision claims and the temple yeah. ceremony and experience all made her feel like it's true. Right. She, it makes her feel like she knows Joseph Smith. Did you have that when you were going in? Did you have a, a kinship to Joseph yeah. Smith through all of that? Yeah. Did you feel? <laughs> oh, he was the prophet. And the, yeah, there's no doubt your testimony is built on on these claims. On and, the feelings. And the way you feel. The, the, yeah. the way it makes you feel. I knew nothing about the back story of yeah. any of this stuff. Right. But, uh, and I'm sure she doesn't either. Yeah, it's a very and, naive feeling, and it's very shallow, but it is, you're relying I mean, you're trusting your eternal future to it. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's what's so dangerous <laughs> that's about what's it. That's scary, but yeah. I definitely felt all of those feelings. And yet feelings are probably the most deceptive of all of our emotions, yeah. all of our human emotions. As I've come to find out. <laughs> We've discovered, yeah, we can't rely upon feelings. They're not the measure of truth. Feelings are subjective. They're not objective. And God has told us how to find out if something or someone is true or false. It's not using our feelings. In fact, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 warns us not to trust our own understanding. And another place in Proverbs, it warns us that there's a way that seems right to us, but the end of it is the way of death. So we need to be careful. And faithful LDS and polygamists need to pay attention to God's instructions. He warned the Corinthians of their lack of discernment and of their quickness to believe whatever they were told. We read this. From 2 Corinthians 11, 3 and 4. But I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted, just as Eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent. You happily put up with whatever anyone tells you. If, even if they preach a different Jesus than the one we preach, 
or a different kind of spirit than the one you received, or a different kind of gospel than the one you believed. How that, true. That, yeah, and that should be a warning everyone takes to heart. Yeah. The Corinthians were accepting teachings that sounded good and seemed to make sense, which mirrors the faithful in Mormonism. They were listening and believing and receiving false claims and false doctrine. We can't trust our feelings to lead us into the truth. Acts 17.11 tells us what God wants us to do. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. There's the simplicity of it. That's what I was never doing. Examining. Now, examining means... <laughs> not studying. Just, yeah, learning. not just reading it, but getting into it and finding out all about what it says. Uh, that, that's the only way to determine truth. Any teaching or experience like Joseph Smith's vision accounts that does not align with the Bible are false. Now, the Corinthians and the Galatians had a problem learning how to determine truth from heresy. 2 Corinthians 11.15 warns us that Satan disguises himself as an angel of light, which is exactly what Joseph Smith said he saw. Is your eternal life hanging on the promises of a false gospel brought by false teachers? It's not worth it to neglect God's method of testing for truth, and feelings are not his method. The writer of the blog we are discussing continued like this. I honestly don't understand Joseph Smith and polygamy or any of my ancestors or early church members and their polygamous relationships. It feels so wrong to me, and maybe that is a good thing because that isn't what we are supposed to do anymore. And I don't understand it, and maybe I never will. When the vomit starts to rise, I have to remember what I do know. I know those good feelings. I trust those good feelings. I can't explain polygamy to anyone. I can't defend the practice, but I can't explain what I do know. I know that Joseph Smith was a prophet, and I know that God works in mysterious ways. I won't always understand him or his ways, but I know that he will always be right. And he is always right, and he said Jesus is the way, right? <laughs> That's what he said. First she said that Mormon polygamy feels so wrong to her. And then she turns around and says she trusts her good feelings. Well, this illustrates exactly what we've said, that feelings are subjective. They're not objective. God, uh, Joseph Smith's Mormonism can't be both right and wrong at the same time. It either includes polygamy or it doesn't, despite how you feel. Anything that goes against God's will is wrong. Whether it feels wrong or not isn't even the issue. It's wrong, and polygamy is against the revealed will of God. And that's just the end of the story, really. <laughs> All the faithful of Mormonism say that they know Joseph Smith was a prophet, but he doesn't pass the test for being a true prophet. And Jesus warned us about people who would lead us astray. Yes, these few scriptures here, Matthew 24, 11, and many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. Acts 20, 29, and 30, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. 1 John 4, 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. And from Jude 1 and 4, 
for certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality. The descriptive there, yeah, it isn't is it? It's very descriptive. <clears throat> now, there, the, these were only four passages, but there's <laughs> dozens. Yeah. You know, it's kind of hard to pick and choose when you're trying to make your point. But there's so many in the Bible that warns us about this. And according to Joseph Smith's own words and his behavior, he fits Jesus's description of a false prophet. We trust God's words. We don't trust our feelings. And we don't trust any other man's words, just what God said. And then she finishes her <laughs> blog with this statement. Yeah, with all this argument, <laughs> yeah. logic, yeah. then she says, I believe that Joseph Smith was a prophet of God, and polygamy still makes me want to vomit. And that's okay. Okay. Yeah. And that's the illogical <laughs> yeah. thinking of the way they bring all these things together. Like you said, trying to bring good things out of a bad um, mm -hmm. lifestyle, which is what she did try to do, all the benefits of something that's wrong. Polygamy is wrong, and it's bad, and it makes her want to vomit, and it should. Did any in the polygamy group you were in say, well, I'm learning patience from yes. this? Uh -huh. Oh, they did? Oh, yeah. Or I'm learning oh, yeah. uh, not to be jealous mm -hmm. or not? Oh, they did. Yeah. I'm learning how to be Christ-like. This is God's method of teaching us how to be Christ. Oh, yeah, it's all through oh, the my. plural why. That's why they have this martyr complex. I'm going through this for God. You know, I'm a martyr for God, but look what it's doing to me. It's making me into somebody that otherwise I couldn't be. Earning my way and I'll get a reward. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's it. Wow. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe we need to do a, another <laughs> program detailing why Joseph Smith was not a prophet of God. Now, he might have been a prophet, but what, not one of God. But our concern is if he was a prophet to be revered, which she obviously reveres him, and, and, and he was the one who introduced and lived polygamy, why does it make her want to vomit? Yeah, if it's from God and Joseph Smith, she believes that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. A true prophet of God, first of all, would never introduce repulsive, sickening doctrine. And God, who himself is, is described as being love, would never command, condone, or suggest, or lead anyone into the loveless uh, lifestyle of polygamy. Now, we have finished discussing her comments on polygamy, but as usual, there are readers' comments uh, at the end of her blog. And we found some of them so interesting, we thought we would share them and <laughs> talk about them, too. <laughs> Here's the first one. Unlike you, I am not so firm in my testimony of Joseph Smith. So, and mem remember, this is a comment on her, on her blog. On her blog. Uh, yeah. Unlike you, I am not so firm in my testimony of Joseph Smith. So this issue really seems to bother me. It bothers me that Joseph kept it a secret from his wife. It bothers me that women were married off to other men while their husbands were off on missions. It bothers me that Joseph married other men's wives. It confuses me that in her last testimony, Emma Smith would deny that her husband was ever involved in polygamous marriages. It bothers me that the first edition of what we now call the Doctrine and Covenants had an entire section, section 102, and I think she's referring to section 101 here, which advocated that marriage is between one man and one woman, and that is it, period. It bothers me that when we know as what we know as section 132, which was the entire basis and justification for 
polygamy was not added to the Doctrine and Covenants until the 1870s and that it replaced that section 102-101, which advocated traditional marriage and that, it, that this ratification happened over 30 years after Joseph Smarter. It is very hard for me to accept that it was God's will to begin with and God's will to end it when he did. The timing is far too convenient. So true. Uh, very well said. <laughs> yeah. Very well said. The arguments are well well established in his in his uh, statement here, and we do appreciate the comments. Uh, and whenever a religious teaching is bothersome, it needs to be checked out. They all <laughs> right. need to be checked out. You yes. know, we've already read that in Acts seventeen eleven, and we need to reconcile everything anyone says with the truth. If they claim claim it's the truth and it's going to help you get closer to God or get to heaven, you need to check it out. Not use your feelings as the guideline, and not. Not by going to a faith-building source either. Go to the Bible because that's where you're going to find the truth. Now, Jesus said in John 17, 3, that God's word is true. Now, is truth. Now, we either believe what Jesus said or we don't. You know, we don't have the option of picking and choosing to believe what he said. It's either all or none. But when Jesus said that in John 17, 3, there was no Book of Mormon. no. That's true. There was a, he. It was only the scriptures that they had at that time, and that was the old entire Old Testament. And the Old Testament, we find that every family with plural wives and or concubines was a miserable and contentious family. God never told anyone to live polygamy. Polygamy is bothersome to most LDS, and it's a tragic doctrine to most plural wives. The comment that the timing to start and end polygamy seems far too convenient is precisely correct. <laughs> Smith had to start polygamy to hide his adulteries, and the LDS had to end polygamy to avert a federal economic clampdown. Far too convenient. <laughs> That's for sure. The next comment is long, but it's worth it. Thank you for sharing. I'm sorry that you have felt so isolated in your concerns. Secrecy and shame are Satan's tools in all aspects of life and spirituality. I grew up in a family that believed in polygamy. My parents were raised in the FLDS church. Although my dad never had a second wife, I have a sister that does, and the majority of my aunts and uncles, all 16 of them. So I grew up with polygamy all around me. I was lucky that my sister would talk about this so openly with me because once I became a teenager and started to understand what it was in relation to sexuality in particular, it also made me want to vomit. <laughs> However, especially through seeing my sister's relationship, I saw how people could live righteously and be a polygamist. I saw that it made you turn to God more. My sister was a righteous one. Unfortunately, her sister wife was conniving Selfish and outright mean, it traumatized my sister and most of my nieces and nephews. Putting that aside, what this all comes down to for me is testimony. Although I don't understand all of this, I just put it on a shelf of, I'm not sure how or why this is, but I'm going to trust God and put my faith in those things I do, I, that I do understand. I know that the Holy Ghost is a God of truth. I know that step by step I can learn all things. Through prayer and faith, I'm sorry, through prayer and study, I will someday understand this issue. I've had questions in many aspects of the gospel. Go to Heavenly Father and your bishop with these questions. Answers will be found through prayer, scripture study, guidance from the Spirit, and guidance from our prophets. 
Well, I shouldn't say answers. You might not get all of your answers, but I promise you, you can get testimony and faith about this. I'm not sure if any of us will truly get all of our questions answered while here in mortality. I'm okay with that. I have faith in Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost. I know that they know what is best for me and for the rest of the world. Well, yeah. sad. <laughs> sad about their testimony, this bringing their testimony, making it even stronger. Yeah. Um, the first person, this person, of course, saw polygamy firsthand. Yeah. She said it made her sister righteous, but not the sister wife. Why? Yeah. yeah why the difference there? Uh, it was destructive, destructive by the sister wife and for her sister, who was the other wife. So polygamy does destroy. She saw that. Probably the worst of all of its harms is that it kills the emotional health of those who live it. Now, we have to take exception, of course, to some of this reader's comments because she advised going to Heavenly Father and the <laughs> bishop yeah. for answers to the polygamy question. But God has already spoken about polygamy. It's in the Bible. And praying to God to reveal something else <laughs> is useless, yeah. you know, and it ends up and it makes you open to deception. Because he's not going to change his mind about what he's already revealed in his word. And going to your Mormon bishop will also avail nothing. He'll always support Joseph Smith and the current prophets sure. and, and the current teachings. That won't stop. It won't change. So if you want God's true answers, the only place you're going to get them is from the Bible. Now, she advised to put some of those concerns on the shelf for those people who are questioning all yeah. of this. And there's a lot of them who are. Uh, she says, put them on the shelf until she can get some answers. Well, we happen to know of many ex-Mormons <laughs> and ex-polygamists who have placed accumulated questions on the shelf that the shelf broke <laughs> and everything crashed. Yep. And they discovered that Mormonism is a house built on sand and will eventually fall with a great big crash, as Jesus said. Yep. I was um, interested in one thing that I did do when I first started studying was to go through the Bible, the red letter Bible, yeah, and yeah. study the words of Jesus. And again, he says nothing about plural marriage, right? Celestial marriage or celestial marriage or any of those kinds of things that right. Joseph Smith taught. And you'd wonder why he wouldn't have taken the occasion to, to write that. It, yeah, if it was if it was salvation doctrine. Now, he's so the Savior. Yeah. yeah, He's the Savior. So he would give us the salvation doctrines, yeah. and he didn't give any of those. All he said was, I am the way. Yeah, yeah. that's right. The yeah. next reader's comments. Um, I read section 132 many times, and I have never understood where anyone got thou shalt practice polygamy out of it. It isn't there. What it says is that the question shouldn't be whether or not polygamy, but how marriage should be contracted in the first place. Read it again. We can be thankful that Joseph Smith could be used to restore the gospel. We can leave the judgment of Joseph Smith to the Lord and worry about our own personal righteousness instead. Well, Jesus told us to judge with the right judgment, okay? <laughs> and so we have to judge what Joseph Smith claimed yeah. was, was God's word and his, and his will. And we will always want to remind our viewers that Joseph Smith restored gospel included polygamy, okay? We also want to quote from Doctrine and Covenants 132, which she said does not require polygamy. The introduction itself tells us that it's about polygamy. We read from the introduction of the 1989 version of the 
of the Doctrine and Covenants, section 132. Yeah, they should read the entire introduction, but this is the part we've got. Yeah. Revelation given through Joseph Smith the prophet at Nauvoo, Illinois, recorded July 12, 1843, relating to the new and everlasting covenant, including the eternity of the marriage covenant as also plurality of wives. Okay, so... That's in the introduction. That's right. So the marriage covenant and the plurality of wives is the same thing. <laughs> In, in section 132. Yeah. Now, maybe she didn't read that. I don't know if she read that or not, but it s clearly states the context. It's polygamy. And so now we want to quote uh, verses 1 and 2, which again establishes the context of why he got this revelation. <laughs> yeah. And think about the Book of Mormon when we read this. Yeah. Ver uh, uh, verse 1. Verily thus saith the Lord unto you, my servant Joseph, that inasmuch as you have inquired of my hand to know and understand wherein I... The Lord justified my servants Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, as also Moses, David, and Solomon, my servants, as touching the principle and doctrine of their having many wives and concubines. Behold, and lo, I am the Lord thy God, and will answer thee as touching this matter. Okay, so the rest of the section is his answer talking about polygamy, yeah. concubines, plural wives. Uh, so the context is established. Now, maybe she won't find the phrase, thou shalt live polygamy. Yeah. She won't find those exact words, but it sure is there. I'm here to tell you. Eternal marriage, by the way, and celestial marriage were code words for polygamy in the early Mormon church. And you can, of course, deny that, but that won't change the facts. It, it was. Verse 4 of section 132 warns those who know this and don't do it will be damned. How can that possibly apply to <laughs> monogamy? Uh, verse 37 claims that Abraham was counted as righteous because of his concubines. That's not true, but that's what it says. Verse 52 warns Emma to accept and receive her husband's concubines. Verse 54 promises to destroy Emma if she will not abide this commandment. Why would that apply to monogamy? <laughs> Verses 61 through 63 explains that he can take 10 virgins, that's not monogamy, and will not be guilty of adultery because God gives them to him. So if perhaps you're looking for thou shalt live polygamy in section 132, you won't find those exact words. But the doctrine of polygamy is there. And every one of the first seven Mormon presidents were polygamous and taught polygamy or be damned. Wow. The next comment is another long one, but it's worth it. The sad part about this article is it doesn't take into account the many relationships Joseph had that caused his wife heartache and grief, the manipulation tactics used to persuade women into polygamy. After knowing a whole picture and reading Doctrine and Covenants 132, my heart just aches. Here was a man that had convinced hundreds that he was a prophet of God, who spends the first half of the section asserting his authority over the people as given by God, and then spent several verses condemning his wife, stating that if she did not obey this new commandment, that Joseph could do it anyway and should be damned for interfering. I can only imagine the fear in the other women hearing that not even the prophet's own wife was exempt from damnation. When you read the issues in the marriage between Emma and her husband due to his many marriages before the revelation, her turning out of Fanny Alger and Eliza Snow, and for further knowledge one can gain by reading in Sacred Loneliness, Doctrine and Covenants 132 takes on a whole different tone, one of manipulation, control, and a desperate attempt to cover up multiple affairs. James 3:17 and 18. 
But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Our church history and up to the current church issues are far from that. Yes, the church has done a lot of good. However, so has the Catholic Church, Islamic congregations, Jehovah's Witnesses, the Church of Scientology, and Buddhism. The fact that there are so many things in the LDS Church's history and pre- and present that... I'm sorry, the fact that there are so many things in the LDS Church's history and present that we have to... Con- to constantly justify and try to feel good about is a testament to me of how truly corrupt it is. Whoa. Yes. Truly corrupt it is. Somebody has some insights. Mm-hmm. And these are made good these are good points and comments. The Mormon Church is not the only organization that's done good things. But good things doesn't make a false church the true church. Oh, true. <laughs> He's right about the manipulation in section 132, not only of Emma, but all of those who would read it and submit to his threats. And we want to point out something someone else observed, that Joseph Smith wrote that he threatened Emma with destruction if she did not yeah. abide this commandment, uh, but she did not uh, accept it. She denied it. And, and But, but in, in actuality, it was Joseph Smith who was destroyed at a young age, and Joseph, Emma lived <laughs> and to be a ripe old age. So much for false prophets teaching false doctrines, spreading a false gospel. We pray that all Mormon polygamists and all those who feel Joseph Smith and Mormonism is true, that they will seek God's only way of salvation as described in John 14, 6. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ, not through polygamy and not through Joseph Smith. So that's Mm. the end of our... Nauseous. That's really interesting <laughs> stuff, though. It's interesting to see how other people look at these things and, and it's the, the eternal justifications. Try that they to justify can. their uh, faith in Joseph Smith and mm-hmm. without really stepping back and right. looking at a bigger picture. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Thanks, Earl. You bet. Thanks for Thank helping you. through this. We both did it without <laughs> vomiting. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> You know, if living polygamy was true and required in Joseph Smith's day, then it is true and it's required today. If it's not true today, then it wasn't true in Joseph Smith's day. Truth doesn't change and God's decrees do not change. Being the truth, Jesus was interested in truth for us. In fact, that's why he came. John 18, 37, 38, Jesus said, For this reason I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Well, if we don't believe everything Jesus said, then we do not believe or follow the truth. And we cannot be considered a follower of Jesus. And without him, there is no salvation for anyone. Jesus said God instituted monogamy, one man and one woman. And Jesus said there are no marriages after this life. Mormonism does not believe that. They misrepresent what they say he meant. However, since he is the truth, we'll trust what he said. And everyone on the side of truth will also trust what he said, not what Mormonism says. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. 
More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.